Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast, The Dominique Fosworth Show. Twice a week, Dominique brings you his unique perspective on football, the personalities surrounding it, and just about anything else he finds interesting or thinks you might. So check out The Dominique Fosworth Show wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on? Not much, bro. I appreciate the promos. I I don't know if they te- they make you read them every week or not, but I know you would do it if I asked you, but I appreciate it. The show is getting better. We had a real special uh episode for the youtube audience so i hope people check it out oh i gotta go peep that yeah. be sure to do that dominic fosworth my man charlie kravis they doing a good job over there check that out we got a lot of things to talk about we'll get to some nba playoff stuff but as we record as many of you know we do fosworth friday on thursday to make sure y'all can get it early on friday i would hope you would not think that we was really staying up in the middle of the night to do no damn podcast just to say we did it on friday but whatever but as we speak they like trickling out the schedule, right? They had Troy Aikman go on Good Morning America to let everybody know that the first Monday night game will be September 11th at MetLife Stadium. Aaron Rodgers Jets hosting Josh Allen's Buffalo Bills. And Dominic, let me tell you why I'm here for that. That has the potential to be 0-1 in the worst way for the Jets. Not that the Bills are that much better than the Jets, but that the Bills are good enough that if the Jets aren't what most of us think they are, it will be on display on national television. And Aaron Rodgers will learn, you you ain't in Kansas no more. And for purposes of this discussion, Wisconsin, Kansas, (laughs) Iowa, Saskatchewan, they all the same. (laughs) They are. The best thing about it is, no matter what, we got fuel for overreaction in New York City. So yes. don't let them, boy, you ain't even think about, or you haven't even brought up the real atomic bomb. Don't let them win. <laughs> don't let the Jets win week one against a real Super Bowl contender. New York is going to explode all of media. Like, we, you see how we acting about these Knicks? And they ain't yes. even good. Yeah, but at least they like the Knicks just make people feel good. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the like they have the heart of this city in a way right. that I really can't explain. Other than Texas high school football, I can't think of any place I've been where like even North Carolina, there with UNC and all of that, mm-hmm. they don't have a heart the same way that the Knicks just have the heart of this place. Because what makes North Carolina basketball state? The fact that UNC is consistently really good at basketball. And the Knicks are not, but still. Right. It, it doesn't make sense for like the the like most important city in the world, or at least one of the biggest, most important city in this country to have be so transient and to be have so many things going on. And for the Knicks to be as like mediocre or bad uh, for as long as they have been, as soon as they give y'all this a little bit of glimpse, everybody come out and they be dancing in the street, shutting down traffic. <laughs> yes. Well, I think there are a couple of levels to that with the Knicks, right? I think one of them that we can't lose sight of is 
New York as a city has had two teams basically in every sport for most of the time, right? right? Now, the Knicks are the exception. There's been one basketball team. Like, the Nets got here, I guess, about 10 years ago or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, they might as well still be in New Jersey in the way that most of New York looks at that. So, there, there, there was not the split of the allegiances that you had with that basketball team. Two, the part that can't be forgotten is that basketball is the sport of the non-WASP yeah. in this city. Like, you go back and look at it, man. A lot of Jews. You're going to see a lot of names mm -hmm. with Mick and O. Yeah. Right. You know, like you get those names and then you get the black people part. Right. So like you got that. So it's the sport of the working man in New York City right. in a way that football just isn't, yeah. interestingly enough, because it's like that everywhere else. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised that football isn't because there ain't no space. <laughs> a. Yes. And, and also, like, while football is not a rich man sport, I can imagine back in the day when it was coming up it, or not, I can imagine it, it was kind of an elitist sport where it was like what we was going to do with these Ivy League dudes who ain't had no war to go get tough. We're going to go play football. <laughs> this is how we're going to get them tough. And they ain't want the poor folk playing football. So right, basketball was never that complicated. But the New York fan, that's the only sport that the New York fan is as committed as we think about, because those other places you were naming are like Texas football or high school football. It's like places where ain't much else. <laughs> you know, so like that's why it gets the heart of it. I, and for them not to be good to start it, it, it like reminds me of the Celtics because they were really good. So like that's where I assume the connection to the city for their fan bases like they were dominant. Bill Russell was winning them all them damn titles. And that's why they act like they act. Well, 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 well. The Boston thing gets a little gets a little tricky because you do make a good point about it with the Knicks is. It is not, this isn't the Yankees, yeah. right? Like the, the love is not based on dominance. Even when it was only eight teams in the league, <laughs> the Knicks were not dominant. The thing that's always awkward about Boston and its relationship to the Celtics, never forget, like, have you ever been to that building, the garden up mm -hmm. there? Yeah. You notice that building ain't green, it's black and gold? Oh, it's the Bruins town. The, Bru the Bruins are the primary tenant. If the Bruins stink, they'll still sell out. The Celtics have to be really good to sell out. Or in the case of the Russell era, being the best team on earth did not even mean that you were going That's to right. sell out. Like they have a much more conditional relationship with the Celtics. But when the Celtics are on and the people show up, damn, they love to sell. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know a fan. And I, I know we like, I tend to think most fans or fan bases are similar. It's like when your team is good, you're riding high. When your team is bad, then nobody shows up. I think the Knicks are an exception. MSG is an exception. Uh, but there is something different about the Boston. And I guess in New England, we throw that in there with the Patriots. There is something different about that fan base. And I know that people are expecting me to say, like, the uh, stereotypical negative things. Yeah, those exist. I, I think the assessment that I'm making is neither negative nor positive. It's just like, yeah, if you, like, turned off the color settings on my TV and I watched a game, I feel like just the behavior and the sound of the Boston crowd, no matter the sport, it just feels a little bit different. And again, it's not good or bad. Well, actually, sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's good because like, I appreciated watching a basketball game the other day. And these fans like legitimately feel like they are a part of the game. In the yeah. course of one quarter, they were cheering on the Celtics. 
Then they booed the Celtics, and they was like, that ain't going to work. Then they started chanting defense and cheering the Celtics again, and then booed them again all before the end of a quarter. And I was like, there ain't no fan base out there. Not the Knicks, <laughs> not no fan base. Is that involved and intelligent about the game and committed to the game? The Celtics were getting their asses whooped, and everybody was in their seats going nuts. Like, I don't know what we going to try next. Let's see if we can get these guys. Going. Like, they feel like, you know how fans say we? And most of the time yes. we're like, y'all ain't we. They we. They feel like we to me. Yeah, no, they, even like, this is the new garden, obviously. And for you kids, there was another Boston garden. Like, when people talk about the garden, they're not talking about this new building. Though, bless their hearts, they did everything they possibly could to just make this, at least on television, look and feel exactly like the old place, right? They ain't changed nothing. There ain't going to be no fancy designs on the floor down there and none of that stuff it gonna be that little white man spinning the ball on his finger that's that that that's that's the that's only, all the decoration only fancy design on the floor is something to try to make you remember the old days is didn't they name yes. it red all back court yes they did that's the yes, only thing did. on there is his signature they put the signature on the court that was about it but it always felt like watching games there that then people are like standing right over you like it yeah. feels like they're closer like one thing i like at least from what I can tell on television because I haven't been there, about the arena in San Francisco is it looks like it's a bit smaller and they just tried to make this thing compact and terrorizing and that allows you to charge more for the seats down low because scarcity. But anyway, like, you know, that's the setup they made. What I thought as I heard you talking about the fans, like I remember when LeBron left Cleveland and they still made everybody buy season tickets like the year before to get in there so they still had people showing up and you realize yeah, people come to see a winning team because it makes them happy. But sometimes people pay to go see a team so they can be unhappy, right? They 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 pay so that they can just go holla at people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe it's each other, but they go into holla at people. I mean, people go to sad movies. You just want to feel something sometimes. So, yeah, yeah. So maybe you know it doesn't me. matter. You know me. I'll do recreational sadness. Yeah, you know, like you. that's just not. That's just. I just don't. I got a lot of better ways that I would like to spend the afternoon. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch, and continue powering off. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance. Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
By the way, right fast, television recommendation. Have you seen HBO's got the show about the White House plumbers? No. Yeah, so the guys uh, behind the Nixon Watergate stuff, right? G. Gordon Liddy, E. Howard Hunt, those cats. I mean, it's a slapstick comedy, and it's a good one. All right. I'm sold. You ain't got to tell me twice. I'll definitely watch that. White House plumbers. yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like a, t- it's a TV show, mm-hmm. apparently, about bumbling criminals who do not realize they are bumbling criminals. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't even yes. heard of this. It's too much out there. I mean, no, there's not enough. They need to pay the writers. Stop the strike yeah. nonsense. Well, well, okay, so the stuff is already on right now. Yeah, like, as, as somebody who's, like, in this guild and all of that stuff. I mean, it's interesting, the, the writer's strike, as it goes. Because um, there are, like, tricky things about it, because another union I'm part of, Made like if you are under contract for something under another guild, mm-hmm. then you still have to go to work for that contract. And so it's not exactly picket line crossing as I think visually it seems to be for some people. But for the folks I wonder about is so somebody like me, like with Game Theory, I'm a member of uh, the SAG after, which is like the performer guild, and a member of the writers guild because I wrote, you know, I've got a writer credit on that show. So in theory. Somebody like me could be asked to show up, but also not write. <laughs> yeah, that, that I mean, if you show up, you're right. And you ain't the only fancy motherfucker. I'm part of the Writers Guild, too, right? I know you're part of the I, Writers I'm Guild, not, baby. I'm not, uh, I'm not a fancy star, though, like you. Nah. I'm not a screen actors guild but I'm, I'm no 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 guild. you're not no you're just the guy that gets to write whole episodes of television shows oh yeah well, lonely dominique they, Bosworth. they shut down the filming of the show so i uh, hope they bring that back up so that my episode actually get aired <laughs> at some point but anyway oh no, no no don't you worry buddy don't you worry buddy it's going to get aired at some point yeah um uh, i encourage people though to kind of look into what's going on there it's interesting yeah, it's objectively interesting, even if you don't have a skin in the game, which is basically, we used to do this job for this money, but it was cool because we would get this residual money right. down the line, and now residual money don't exist anymore. Like, streaming, consumers love it. Really bad monetarily for the creators. Right. Really, and really, really bad. And it's not great monetarily for the the studios either and so like it becomes a whole or at least the way the model in which they were pumping out a bunch of content and trying to race to get a bunch of users like trying to win a field that you couldn't really win that wasn't mm-hmm. great for them financially there's a definitely a financial opportunity but the the reason why i find it incredibly interesting is because it's an entertainment union thing which is kind of what sports is and obviously i worked in sports unions and i understand it one of the challenges in sports unions is the the has versus the have nots and that's challenging in many unions but the gap in basketball versus football was big so it made it difficult whereas while there was caps on the salary the amount of power that the big name players had to the rank and file was different so it made it hard to like coalesce around ideas same thing in football less so this (laughs) this is like because there are people who are making hundreds of millions of dollars. And then there are people who are just trying to get by. And then there are people who are um, writers, producers, actors, and directors all at the same time. And so like just the interests of it all overlapping and trying to argue with these huge companies, like it's just incredibly interesting to me. Yeah, and I think 
One monkey don't stop no show, but a whole barrel. <laughs> that's a that's a that that's yeah. a that's a different thing there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is they go and resolve it at some point because they have to, and they go through these things every few years um, as they come up. The problem, to me at least, as I look at it from a distance, is they got so much content banked over there. Like they just yeah. sitting on stuff, and they can just tweak the algorithm. And that's what I figure that the studios figure they'll be able to do is they just going to be able to run the slow play and boom, go from there. However, um, when it comes to the people that still make that linear uh, TV yeah. stuff, they, they are not just sitting on a bunch of stuff that they can throw on television. Yeah, the power dynamics, and, and this is shifting. And, you know, we've talked about the power dynamics in sports unions, but at least for who can hold out longer has changed since it's gone to the streaming model rather than the like linear model. Like I remember, and we all remember like the, it became a bunch of reality stuff, which some of it was successful, but like the quality you could definitely feel now. Like I just mentioned, I ain't even heard of that plumber show. You said it's great. Like I probably could go through a bunch of stuff for a few years. I ain't even watched the, all the good stuff that's on FX. So it's going to be tough on the writers. It gets tougher and tougher on unions the further we get into the consolidation of power and information. I got to say, man, the greatest trick the man ever pulled was convincing people that the unions was just a bunch of pinko commies. It's nuts, man. It is nuts. Because that, like, that's the real uphill battle. And like, I, no one, it's hard to argue, obviously, that professional athletes and, and people in entertainment are like at the bottom of the barrel. But you got to understand that if we are looking at this as a competition, it's like the best college team or the best high school team going up against an all-star team. So yeah, the best high school team (laughs) going to show up to your local park and bust everybody's ass, but go ahead and roll them out there against the Spurs. (laughs) And that's kind of what the power dynamics are. And so then everybody from a distance is like, oh, the union, that's a basketball team. Oh, the the league or the producers or the, the studio. Oh, that's a basketball team. Let's watch this fair basketball game and see who wins. No, they they own the refs. They own the court. They own the stadium. They got all the information. They got all the leverage and the power. And then we, as union members, sports or otherwise, walk in there and put on our our fancy jerseys and go and try to win this game while y'all in the stands like, man, why y'all getting y'all ass whooped like that? Yes. It's, It's Here's what it is. It's people who check their account on payday versus people who don't even know what account they checks go into. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's people that be waking up every Thursday just to make sure everything is there versus people who wake up in the morning and somebody hand them a piece of paper (laughs) to tell them what their money is. This is a true story, okay? I'm not going to put the name in here, but it is about an NFL owner. And I was told this NFL owner was having a conversation with somebody. And he told that person, I got to be honest with you. I have no idea how much money I have. I mean, every morning they come and they show me a printout and they tell me what everything is, but I really don't know how much money I have. Dominique, I know exactly how much money I have. Like, not to the cent, but I know how much money I have. It's only I can give it to you to, to three significant digits. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's um, I'm with you. 
But there was a time when I first got my big deal that I would check my account every morning. And then it got to every week. Then it was like every month. It's only been a few years now that I don't log in <laughs> and, and check it, make sure it's there or whatever on a regular basis. But I still generally know if one yes. number's off, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm making calls. We are making calls. We are sending emails immediately. I need to understand what is happening. I'm looking at market trends and figuring everything out. I ain't like that guy who just like, I don't know. It's there, I think. Uh, let me tell you something, man. I still check. And the reason I still check is one time when it first kind of sort of started going. Hmm. Right. Uh, the state of North Carolina erroneously oh, yeah. decided to house my account on a Friday afternoon. Oh. So that meant I was broke until Monday at the earliest. And I found out because they ran my card at a, a, a restaurant where I was, shall we say, a regular. And I, and, and I got the I got the womp womp. And so I look at my account, and it's some code I don't recognize. And I Googled up that code, and it said the state. I called the state like, hey, man, I gave y'all y'all's money. Because to be fair, I didn't always do that. Mm. But I had. <laughs> I, had I, I had changed my ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I called them up like, y'all, what's up? They're like, oh, sorry, we put that in the wrong column. I, I know that a lot of times one of the themes of this show is that we need to be wary of technology. We need to be wary of people, too. <laughs> like, we need to be wary just generally have some Don't, wear about you they took all my money that's like nuts. like that, they they cleaned out my checking account and i guess that's also part being dependent on technology is we think we got that much money because yes. the computer tell us that's how much money you got yes <laughs> yes in reality no. in reality what you got is like a scoreboard exactly <laughs> they pull a plug right. on it. They change the numbers on it. What you going to do? Yeah, it's like the theoretical idea of points on the scoreboard. <laughs> do you really have points? Right? Like, <laughs> like, 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 what are points? You can't hold a point in your hand. Do you really have oh, points? Gosh. You know? You're going to make me clean out my account and, and get a shoebox. <laughs> Man, I, I have had that thought of maybe I should just go to the bank and get like a few hundred dollars every week. So I and get a safe in the house. Like anytime I see that, and people like people got like us. First of all, regular people when you got a safe, I'm kind of like, oh, oh, well, folk. But you got a safe in your house that's just full of cash. I feel like that's probable cause for them to look into everything else you got. Except I'm right there with you because one of my buddies made this point about the funny money. He's like, here's the problem with the funny money. If he if he set it off wherever you live. And you try to cross the bridge, and the man say you got to give him some money to cross that bridge. Yeah. What you gonna do? Be like, yo, hold your phone next to mine, and I'm gonna airdrop it to you. Nope. Nah, man. Sometimes you gotta put something in that man's hand. Like, I got you. It's okay. No, nah, that's not gonna work. You need, you need that, 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 that Skrilla, the actual Skrilla. <laughs> I'm not E Skrilla. <laughs> I'm just young enough, I guess, to be a person who rarely has cash. I don't have a safe full of cash and I live my daily life regularly without cash. And it's kind of scary. Cause I know like my dad and people that generation and my mom always like, you always got some cash on you just in case. And I'm like, man, I don't need no cash, but they right. At some point, yeah. you're going to need some cash. Or there, there might be a chance where you need some cash. There's, the machine ain't never down enough that people ain't going to take cash.
Now, see, I live in New York, so having cash, there's always something that might come up yeah. in New York. Now, people have gotten a little better about having the things that you can pay with, but like having some cash is something for you. I'll never forget this. We went to the Bayou Classic. I think I was eight or nine years old. I can't remember which. It was 1988, 89. And I just remember how mind-blowing it was. We were walking. And, you know, you know, them boys in New Orleans, hey, ain't nobody hustling trying to get this money like them New Orleans boys down there at Bourbon Street. They got, like, I forget, there was some event when I was in Durham. Uh, it was in Chapel Hill. I forget what it was, but my man was from New Orleans, and his whole thing was, man, they don't know nothing about no hustle here. How ain't nobody out here selling no water? Right? Like, he's just like, somebody should have been gone to Sam's or whatever yep. and would have had that water. But we were watching this dude shine shoes, little young black dude. I mean, young, right? He couldn't have been no more than like 14, 15. He shining those shoes, and he get done with that white man, and, he t- and I, we hear him tell that white man, we take Visa, MasterCard, Donna's Club. I don't think he took American Express because they got that fee, yeah, they got that and fee. he had that click-clack out there <laughs> ready for that man. I remember the click-clack. Donna's Club, yes. is that even still around? I looked it up. Diners Club is still around. Oh. It is a subsidiary now of one of the larger credit card brands. Okay. I can't remember which. But I do want to know who the person is yeah. that just absolutely insists upon having his Diners Club card. Somebody is keeping Diners Club in the league, and, and they got to be 100. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Don, Diners Club's the OG, right? Yeah. Like, Diners Club is they, – they, they the first ones. And I don't mean, like, Jackie Robinson first. I mean, like, whoever's out there with the man Doubleday first. Like, like way back when – but I, like, who is the person that is? How old do you have to be to still insist upon getting your daughter's club off? And what is what's the benefits? I want to know. Do they got a a, um, a reward system? They don't get no daughter's club points. <laughs> I feel like I I feel like you probably get daughter's club points. And every joke I have to make about what you can use them for is just a little bit crass. Oh man, it looks like maybe they affiliate with Mastercard now. Maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like you know, somebody thought it'd be. A, it's kind of like how Nike bought Converse, yeah. right? Like it's yeah, just so. a good idea. You know, you can do something yeah. with the brand. It means something to somebody. <laughs> yeah, I guess it really ain't a Diners Club anymore. They just they just bought the name and slapped it on something because they knew they could get a couple of these bucks out of people. Yes. Now I want to run something by people you and I were talking about a little bit before the show, which is as we speak. We don't know what's going on with Anthony Davis and whether or not they will diagnose him with a concussion. And, I mean, it's going to be really hard to diagnose him with a concussion when they start with, I am holding up three fingers. <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? Right? Like, like I, don't, I don't feel like they're they, they not going to give him the expert level, cognitive level test. But has football just desensitized us to a point that I looked at that and was like, hey, man, that don't look like no concussion, as if I know <laughs> that's that's good self-awareness because i didn't have the self-awareness that you had i was like oh he all right (laughs) (laughs) while he while he stumbles off of the court i look back at every play oh he all right he got hit around the face a little bit he all right he'll be back ain't no big deal they don't gotta do nothing for that but you're right and we just to the point uh, where we consider everything a sub-concussive episode because our idea of a concussion is what happened to Tua. Now, that's a concussion. Yes. We like, I, I know that. I'm a doctor when it comes to a man look like he dancing his way off the field. Yeah, I know that one. Yep. I feel like with football, concussions are treated kind of like snow and snow days. And I mean that in the sense of, imagine if we acted like just because it wasn't a snow day, it wasn't no snow, right? Like it only counts as snow if they shut school down. But like a snow day is different 
in Atlanta where they don't get snow that much than it is in Iowa where they get snow all the time. And the reason is if they took snow days in Iowa for what they take snow days for in Atlanta, you would never get any work done in Iowa. And I feel like football is treated concussions the same way. Like, look, if we called all of these things concussions, we couldn't actually have a game. We got to reserve that. Like, kind of how, like, we can't call everything that is racism racism. We got to wait until it's just so far over the top. Otherwise, we just be talking about it all day long. We're making nowhere. We wouldn't get, we wouldn't get nothing done. Like, yo, I gotta, uh, let me, let me hey, stop you up. right there. Let me stop you right there. You see the term that you're using. Oh, man. You see the position that we are in. The whole reason why I'm talking to you right now. Oh, God. Man. But that's, but that's where we are with Port Anthony Davis. And it don't help that we don't find him to be credible when it comes yeah. to diagnosing the yeah. level of an injury. You know how hard he's back there trying. Like, yo, would you please stop talking? So turn his lights off. Damn, man, my stomach hurt. The, so if if football is Iowa and the NBA is Atlanta, then boxing must be Alaska. Cause well, 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 they get boxing. knocked out and stand up, and they like, yeah. go ahead, keep going. Right, right. That's the thing. Well, we all hypocrites and foolish about our whole. <laughs> exactly. We care about head injuries. We care about them in very particular yeah. concepts. Manny Pacquiao gets slept. We got Simba waking him up on the ground. Ain't nobody <laughs> out here doing this head injury situation. You're like, yo, you knew what you was doing. You decided to go ahead and do that. Also, with football, the thing that always gets me, when you see a dude get a concussion in baseball, that dude might be out for two, three months. Nobody's out for two or three months with a concussion in football. Maybe that second one, right, that came a little close to the first. Nobody's out, but that football's like, look, I'm sorry. Y'all want football or not? Because this is what it takes. And we all like, yes, let us get really up in arms for a week. Y'all can't get back to what y'all was doing. I, I, I would like to signal that I give a damn. <laughs> but I ain't gonna I, lie. I, I, I want my football. I saw Anthony Davis, and I'm like, yo, there's no way he's not playing uh, game six. There's there's none whatsoever. I, I want him to play. The NBA wants him to play. The Lakers want him to play. Everybody want him to play except for Steph. So I think he's going to be out there. <laughs> I can't remember if we talked about this before, but I'm going to throw this out here. I know I talked to Vinny about it on the phone. What if this is shaping up for Steph to get his 3-1 comeback against LeBron, officially avenging that whole situation and turning those Warriors fans who never watched basketball before 2015? That's not all of you, but you know which ones I'm talking about. They become the most insufferable people on planet Earth. I've been, I mean, it's inevitable that they're going to compare LeBron and Steph. I think it's a ridiculous comparison to make. But if Steph do this and then go on to win the title with, with this group of guys, I'm going to have to at least entertain the idea that that's a reasonable conversation to be had. And I don't want to. Frankly, I, I do not want to. I like Steph. He seems like a nice enough guy. I'm rooting for him. He has success. That's great. However, what LeBron has meant to this league uh, for the time that he's been in the league is different than what Steph has meant to the league. I understand change the game and all that, but it's been a different way he's gone about doing it. And it's very unusual for, at, for a player to be at this point in his career now doing the Superman
Yes. You know, like this is not the Superman time. You were supposed to be doing that when you was 28, like LeBron was doing when he was 28. So it's just real hard for me to wrap my head around if he puts this type of run or put a few runs like this together at the end of his career. I guess I'm going to have to uh, entertain the idea that they should be in the same conversation. Here's how you do it. I got it. Okay. All right. Like you're a Nas guy. Mm hmm. Um, if I were to ask you, you would probably say Nas is a better rapper than Jay-Z. Um, yeah. Well, even for sake of argument, let's yeah, just yeah, assume yeah, that's yeah, how you think it, absolutely. right? Jay-Z has a stronger catalog than Nas. Even if you think Nas is a better rapper, you probably have to acknowledge Jay has the stronger catalog. Absolutely. Those two things can be true at one time. LeBron's a better MC than Steph is. But Steph's catalog <laughs> is creeping up there, yeah. has crept up there. I mean, Steph has been to the finals six times. Six. I mean, LeBron's been there nine. I don't want to act like that's exactly the same. But six Can, is pretty damn okay, impressive the, and way up there with four wins. I, I, like, I like the analogy that you set up. Can you have a great catalog of albums without having a whole lot of hit songs or at least the hits uh, by other people because that's kind of how Steph's career has been. The whole time, he is the centerpiece of the group. But when you look back on those runs with the exception of that last run, the songs that you remember from them runs was by Clay Thompson, by Kevin Durant, by Andre Iguodala. It's always real uh, You say he get, he get ate up on all on his, on his own tracks? <laughs> he got the best features out there. <laughs> it's not to knock on him. Right. And, and LeBron has some albums that ain't go platinum, but damn, if he has some oh. hits on all of them things. He, he had the hits, but here's the thing I think about what you're saying about the features, which is fair. Steph, I thought this was an overstated notion before, but now I'm really, like, the more I see it, the more I lean into it. The large reason why them dudes got them features is that Steph yeah. is also making That's the right. beats, okay. Okay. right? Okay. And so, like, Steph is doing this on these beats yeah. that's looking at Clay right. like, hey, man, get Clay in the pocket because this is just a perfect Clay beat, right? Yeah. I need Clay. I need you to step up that on this fair. one. I'm going to set this up type lovely, and I need you to clean this up. The other thing with Steph is, Steph is more likely to kind of just fuck off a verse or fuck off a track, right? Throw the ball behind his back, yeah. all that other stuff. <laughs> no, nah, LeBron, LeBron came in locked in on everything, yeah. every single track. That's fair. I, I think I don't appreciate how much or I'm not in the way that I talk about Steph or think about Steph is very much in the traditional way that we think about these type of players and like the Jordan mold is yeah. yeah Steph created the terrain that all these guys his his just his presence he is the centerpiece of all this and obviously Draymond uh, he got some hit songs in there too but yeah I think we don't appreciate a lot of things that Steph has meant to the dynasty because he ain't hit the game winning shots he don't yeah. got a bunch of them 48 point games because they was up by 30 <laughs> so many times like it just never like i always say man I, I, you a good fourth quarter player be great but i'd love to have the best third quarter player of all time <laughs> man right they, like they that are. whole year that 2016 where steph was like fourth quarter what's that 
Never seen one of those before. At least for the regular season. Then that year they went. I mean, they went to the playoffs and only lost one game. Yeah, no wonder you ain't got too many memorable Steph performances. All that ass whooping was just kind of running together. That's fair. Like I, I'm, I, it's not fair the way that I'm remembering Steph. That no, is but true. no, but you're right though. But no, but it is. There's a fair point though. Like there is no game of Steph's that we quite remember. I guess like that 50 against Sacramento was kind of like is a game that we're in, you know in a similar vein. But the legend of Game 6, Clay. Like, there's yeah. not even really that. Even Game 7 in 2016 when they lost that to the Cavs, that was Draymond Green putting up 35 points. <laughs> a version of Draymond Green we have not seen since then, yeah. by the way. But, but Steph got a catalog. He like, did. when it really comes down did. to it, he's got a catalog, and that's where it's going to get tricky with LeBron. Because even the biggest Steph fans would not argue that Steph is a better player overall, top to bottom. But in these last 10 years, yeah. hey, man. Steph just been putting out hit after hit <laughs> after fair. hit. He had a couple years he had to take off. You know what I'm saying? But then he came back and like, yo, when we thought he was down, the beats wasn't the greatest <laughs> last year, but he still figured out how to get on there and make it work. Uh, yeah, last year was was definitely the 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 big step that made like all of us, I think, appreciate Steph more more in line with the impact that he's had. If he could do it well, again, it, then we have to entertain these bigger conversations. Well, what we hadn't done was seen Steph in the struggle. And that's not to say that there was a struggle, because obviously they wouldn't win in no championships before the 2015 season, yeah. right? But we weren't watching. We did not watch them have to struggle. The closest was that 3-1. And I always thought they didn't get nearly enough credit for the Oklahoma City 3-1 and the comeback oh, yeah. and, and the comeback and the resolve that they had to bring it back at that point. For us to really love it, no matter who the player is, outside of, I think Larry Bird is the only one, like, of these guys where we didn't see the struggle. Magic won two championships, and then we saw the struggle. Mm -hmm. But the struggle was there. That is typically what gets, like, earns the respect of sports fans. And so that year where Steph didn't play, and then that year where they lost in the play-in, and then the way we saw it go last year when they won the championship, that's the stuff, yeah. right? And we got that from him. And I think for those of us who have been watching this a lot longer, maybe that's the part that kind of tripped the switch off. And I mean, the struggle in the moments. Like, I feel like even if, uh, you know how many times I saw Jordan hit that shot over Elo? Like, and that wasn't even for a championship. And like how many times we talked about Jordan going for 60 and a series that he lost to, yeah. to the Celtics. And but, a game they yeah, lost. In a, a game that they lost to the Celtics. But, like, those are the moments that you have. And when Steph was on those biggest stages, they was beating people down, and we wasn't getting those moments. And we was giving the MVP to other people, which, again, those people were allowed to live because Steph was uh, creating the terrain for them. However, yep. that's just not how we remember it. I remember LeBron hitting that sh them sh – or what did he score, 28 against uh, the, the Pistons in that uh, – Yeah. Yeah, yeah all, I, I forget how many in a row it was, but yeah, it was just nuts. Yeah, that's the stuff that, and it's not fair, but that's just the way our brains are made. The further we get away from this stuff, if I can look at one shot, that's going to bring everything to back for me. And that 2018 game one for LeBron might have been the best single basketball game I ever seen in a loss. Yeah, you know what we should have done with Steph? We should have gave him more hell for throwing away the end of the 2016 finals, right? Mm -hmm. That ridiculous behind-the-back pass and not being able to get by Kevin Love, which, by the way, 
looked a lot like the end of game four against yeah. the Lakers, right? But if we had done that, that would have been his thing to overcome. That would have been his tragic Johnson 84 yeah. sort of situation. And then maybe he comes back on some BK happen again. Now, granted, they had Kevin Durant by then, so I'm not sure how much credit we ever would have been like actually willing to give him at that point. But Howard and I talk about this all the time. What makes this compelling is when it's hard. Yeah. We want to see, and I think that's part of why people felt so disappointed by the Kevin Durant thing in part was they're like, yo, this ain't hard. Of course it's hard. It's professional sports, right? But they're like, yo, this this don't even look hard. It, it, and it wasn't. <laughs> right. But that's why this LeBron, right. this Lakers-LeBron season, yeah. I think, is charming in a different way, is that the Lakers, it's never hard for the Lakers. Yeah. Right? Like, that's never the way that we look at anything. This is the first time where, like, getting to the conference finals, we're like, hey, good for you guys if they do that. Right? Like, it's never, they, ever looked like that. Now, if they get there, I'm pretty sure they're going to be up there playing against I'm coming close to saying my nuggets because I'm in, dog. Yeah, I'm in. Good. That last game with Jokic, I just, I've never watched a basketball player jump less and be more effective and take less, fewer professional-looking shots. And what I mean by that is, that'll look like a shot a pro took. Yeah. Oh, it's going in. They look unplanned. They look like improv shots. <laughs> and they are in large case, but they go in at such a rate that they feel like he must be practicing those. <laughs> I don't know yet. I mean, they, they can't lose this year. They lose this year. This is, you have excuses for all the other seasons because people were hurt. They look like the best team and they're the favorites right now. The crazy thing is I don't gamble, but we we missed an opportunity. Cause I they, saw that. I saw that. <sighs> I saw that. They got the third best odds in the West, I think, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh. They had, before the playoffs started, they were tied with the Lakers with six best odds to win the title. Yeah. They had five teams ahead of them and a team tied with them, even though we knew. Yeah, that's the – I think before the college football season, LSU, me and Golik talked about this a lot. We're either like plus seven and, or seven and a half or eight and a half was the wins number. And I was like, that is the easiest money ever on the over. Like, if you think Brian Kelly going to go to LSU and win six games, you're out of your <laughs> mind. This is the easiest money I've ever seen. And I just never got on it. I felt that same way about the Nuggets. See, the thing about the Nuggets, too, that is interesting, is that we say it like they got to win it this year. Or if they don't win it this year, you know what happens? Young Michael Porter, young Jamal Murray, 28-year-old Jokic, you just come back and do it again. That's fair. I don't know. It just feels like the path isn't going to ever be this clear, which doesn't mean that they can't overcome that and beat somebody next year. They're still going to be contenders for several years to come. And you know how I feel about Michael Porter Jr. He ain't the, the he don't make the best decisions and he don't seem like he thinks through everything. But boy, that man is talented. I forget all Ooh. the foolishness when he started hitting them threes. Yo, they lost that game, but when he yammed on Durant toward the end of game three, like that whole run, I thought they was going to walk him down and just go ahead and get that done. And I was like, oh, yeah, Porter can do that too. He's 6'10", he's wet from three, wet on the pull-up, wet on the catch and shoot, and he will yam on you. Like, Murray might be their second most important player. You're not going to convince me that Michael Porter is not their second best player. You know I feel that way. I've been talking about him all season. He's the, the most intriguing player on their team to me. He is the player with the skill set that when you see him in a combine, you want to build around him. Then you yes. get him in your, your organization, and you're like, hey, man, why don't you be our third option? <laughs> well, what I love about him is, don't forget this, he was one of those like number one in America guys coming out of high school. He goes to Missouri, he has the back injury, and then he goes into the draft. But I don't know if you remember this, but the word was that 
teams he didn't want to go to, they wouldn't send him the medical information. They were just like, yo, take the risk if you want to. They were not going to go to some bums if they did not have to. And apparently this was one of the places that they were willing to go. And so they wound up here. He's figured out how to be number three guy, which I imagine has been incredibly taxing. And by the way, at some point, he ain't going to feel like doing that no more. Jalen Brown don't look like he feel like being number two no more, even though he is clearly number two. Yeah, Jalen Brown. I feel like that marriage is is a bad spot and he got uh all nba so they gonna have to pay him that max money if they don't win the well, they don't they don't have to well they have the option okay. of doing so well he's not signing there correct for less correct. than that correct. <laughs> so, correct. correct 60 million dollars a year by the way and as we talked about the union stuff i ain't never gonna say that a player ain't worth a certain amount of money but i do understand that it's gonna be very difficult to build yeah. around <laughs> Jalen Brown with what he offers at $60 million and what he does not offer at $60 million. Well, he's tricky for me because the advanced numbers are not kind to him at all. And he can score defense. I feel like I hear more about his great defense than I actually see. Like I think Tatum is probably a better defensive player than him. I think smart is definitely a better defensive player than him. I don't know if he is a dude that you want to be the best player on the team. Well, I thought I'd hear like this for you because I had this discussion on Twitter the other day. Who'd you rather have, him or Devin Booker? Devin Booker. Yeah, you know I'm saying? It's not even a, not it's even not a, even a thought. Yeah. It's not even a thought, right? Like, I know what Devin Booker can do for me when it comes to times like these because I've been watching Devin Booker in times like these. I don't feel that way about Jalen Brown. And who knows? Maybe he's James Harden and he needed to get to a place that allowed him to ultimately be that dude. But yeah, if the Celtics are like, look, man, we ain't giving you no $60 million a year. He going to want to get out of there. And I mean, I don't know how that goes. I don't know what you get for him. So in the game situations, give him the ball. As everyone's pointed out a bunch of times, his ball handling and his passing, frankly, are not at a point where you feel comfortable with that, with him being the guy. So like, if your number one guy is not a center, he going to need to be comfortable with the ball in his hands at end of game situations. So I, I, I can't imagine anyone wanting him to be the centerpiece. Now, can he be an ancillary piece? And I, I got to be completely forthright. I haven't figured out all the new um, luxury tax rules and how complicated mm-hmm. it's going to be under this new thing. I need to spend some time figuring that out, but I understand it's going to be harder to go above the cap for a lot yeah. of teams. So you really going to have to be right about the people that you invest in. And Jalen Brown, I don't know that there's a better situation than, than what he has right now, but I'm not sure it's a great situation for the Celtics. And I'm going to just throw this out here for the teams that are like considering Jalen Brown. Just, just something to remember because you're going to be dropping him off into a new environment and he ain't young no more. Right? Like I think this is his seventh year in the NBA. Like he's, you know, he's been around here for a while now. This man entrusted his career to Kanye West and Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, who a wise man once said, and I quote, he just had his d- out in Dubai. <laughs> Unquote. <laughs> that is the funniest moment. In the history of Fosbury Fridays is how sincere you were upon finding out that Antonio Brown was running down to sports. And it just hit you in that moment that he had just, 
exposed himself into into <laughs> I can't imagine how I would feel if I was Jalen Brown and I discovered that that AB was running, I'd be upset. But what if I didn't like I was comfortable with it, and then I opened my computer. And the man who I entrusted my career with is out here trying to do some sort of buoy with his <laughs> member. Like, what <laughs> are you doing? That is a horrible <laughs> choice. That is that is a real bad decision making. And I'm entrusting you to make some good decisions for me. That is a problem. Jalen Brown ain't still with them, is he? He done done something about that. I don't think that. so. I don't think so. I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine. And and the dude who's above him in the company is currently burning down his own empire. What yes. am I doing? We got to go. <laughs> we got to go. I got to take my talents elsewhere. Yes. <laughs> Boy, while we're in this spirit, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I should let you guys know we got a big announcement coming for you on Monday's episode of The Right Time. Big announcement. Be sure to stick around for that. It's good news. Don't worry. Big announcement. I understand the world, what's going on in it. Nah, nothing like that. Good news. Check that out. But that is Dominique Foxworth. Check him out on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. Check him out all over the place, especially all the Dominique Foxworth show available wherever you get your podcast. Dominique's still laughing at Antonio Brown in Dubai. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> Just the idea that anybody would trust anything. Why are you in Dubai? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for joining us here on The Right Time. Uh, remember, hit the voicemail line, 860-516-4119 in celebration of Mother's Day. Tell us about the time that you tried your mom. 860-516-4119. Adi Khan, Dan Stastic, Parker Owens handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us. Review us. Give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. We'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy. Thanks for checking out The Right Time with Bomani Jones Podcast. You can listen or follow on the ESPN app or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Right Time with Bomani Jones.